0: This week on The Reverse Stick we're joined by glow-trotting hockey commentator Ashley Morrison to get his views on the game. And well, are you playing in a grand final this weekend? And welcome to The Reverse Stick. The Global Hockey Podcast, where we get our teeth around all things hockey, from a global perspective, hopefully sometimes. Matt Allen's my co-host, how are you Matt?
1: I'm good mate, I'm good. I'm um, John Lee by the way. Hi John. Yeah, hi. How you doing?
0: I'm good. Are you supposed to introduce yourself when you do these all oh, right of so, things? So, um, yeah
1: like, I see. Just, I just want to kick off with, uh, <laughs> will you still be sending me a valentine, a birthday greeting bottle of wine? What? What? Well,
0: when I'm sixty-four? Episode 64, oh! John, of the Reverse oh, Stick, the gee.
1: Global Hockey Podcast. It was such a hit last week uh, with all the facts and figures on 63. And uh, everyone, was, of course, was pleased to know that a honky has 63 chromosomes. Um, yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome once again to the Reverse Stick, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we've got a lot to bring you today. Great chat coming up with Ashley Morrison, hey?
0: Yes, it was good to catch up with Ashley. I've, I've been trying to be a hockey-free zone, I must admit, for the last week. Just trying to empty my empty my head of of hockey for a few days, but it hasn't it's worked out that way. Easier said than done, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. Oh, between your preliminary final and other preliminary finals and and chats with Ashley, I mean, we just saw this bloke walking down the street and looked like he needed a cup of tea, so dragged him in, and it turns <laughs> out he was a hockey commentator.
1: <laughs> no, we were out midweek as well, supporting uh, a ladies' yeah, masters ladies. team, weren't we? Uh, one of the worst umpiring decisions I think I've seen in my lifetime.
0: I'm not going there, Matt. We you know, love umpires.
1: We do love umpires. And I, look, I love and look, umpires they might, they, they might have only you know, lost 1-0. And that might have been the key decision that lost the game. But they've got another 69 minutes in the game to score a goal, haven't they? Can't well, blame the umpires on that one.
0: Oh, one decision doesn't normally... No, no. Nah, Nah. If you hadn't seen the game, you'd probably go, well, they deserve to get a goal, they just didn't deserve to get that goal.
1: <laughs> right, John, straight into it. It's a busy show.
0: Oh, OK, bit of news then. <whistles> news. Start with uh, Lusada, shall we?
1: Lusada, yeah, the hockey, hockey series open, open for you men.
0: Talk to uh, Carl, our mate from... Gibraltar, uh, Gibraltar hockey a couple of weeks week. ago
1: yeah, in the Grammarians Hockey Club
0: well they did quite well considering. in fact they probably did as well as they thought they'd do uh, but we'll go through the, the final standings there uh, from the Hockey Series Open Lusada for men uh, Russia finished on top of that particular fo- series of the Hockey Series Open ahead of Scotland Belarus came in third Gibraltar were fourth in front of Portugal in fifth place Turkey in sixth to give you an idea of that achievement for the Gibraltons. Uh Russia ranked 23 Scotland ranked 22 so maybe Scots were a little bit peeved they didn't finish on top but they got their qualification process well, got their qualification spot which we'll speak about in a second uh, Belarus ranked 35th in the world Gibraltar 66 and then Portugal are ranked 36 Turkey 44th so that's a tremendous effort from Gibraltar they um. Just going through the, their well, they results They had a 3-2 three, three, win over Turkey. They did. They had a 2-0 um, a draw with Portugal. And they had a couple of good results, even though they were losses. They only lost to Scotland 2-0. Yeah. That is a fair result for Gibraltar. And, of course, their game against Belarus... Very unlucky, going down 3-4. So a fantastic tournament for the Gibraltar.
1: Carl did make some comments on social media as well about, I told you guys.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, he's very good. Well done to Carl and the rest of the team from Gibraltar Hockey too. And let's hope we see that reflected in the, the next round of rankings too. Because, Absolutely. Uh, you know, to beat a team that's 30 places above you is a fair effort. Well done to them. Um, just quietly, Scotland. Three to the Hockey Series Open.
1: It's hockey series finals
0: so hockey series finals they must be chuffed about their chance to qualify for the Olympics. Oh, oh! Well they don't actually go to the Olympics, do they, Scotland?
1: No, they don't, John. What the hell are they
0: doing in an Olympic qualification tournament? They
1: don't have any opportunities. To, they who, don't have any opportunities to be involved in any ranking. Uh, that's
0: irrelevant. This is a this tournament. Is a, this is a tournament designed for Olympic qualification. What the hell is a team who don't qualify to go taking a place up of a team that could
1: but go? But there? it's hardly the fault of the Scots, is
0: it? I'm not saying it is the fault of the Scots. It's definitely yeah. not their the fault. Or the welsh Or the welsh or england or england no so why is scotland in this tournament it's an olympic qualification tournament and they don't go well, to well this the is Olympics. it
1: but there is there is there is no other type of tournament happening for them to be involved and to get irrelevant. to get ranking points it's, it's, so they, is they, not they a need hockey the competition
0: tournament, mate this is not a hockey tournament it's an olympic qualification tournament forget about world rankings and all that other jazz that's rubbish argument this is an Olympic qualifier. They can't go to the Olympics. They're stealing a spot from someone that can go to the Olympics. Sorry, not anything against Scottish hockey. They're not stealing Why is the FIH allowing this? Why are they in this, an Olympic qualification tournament? Because they've it's got a, a right mockery. to be there. Yeah,
1: they've got a right to be there same as everyone else. Because no, they, as, don't, as, as they don't
0: compete at the Olympics. Well, as
1: we know, GB, uh, it's, GB rankings are taken in the Olympic years and England Uh, in those non-Olympic years. Now, of course, GB are playing in the upcoming Champions Champions Trophy, aren't they? What do you think about that? What? GB taking part in the upcoming Women's Champions Trophy. Terrible, terrible, terrible. terrible. terrible.
0: It is. Honestly, I'm sorry, Scotland, but, you know, you put your barrel in, you happy wag in the tail of the English Bulldog, you do that, but you can't be in an Olympic qualifier tournament and take up a place from a team that can legitimately compete at that tournament.
1: Do you know what else is on at the moment, John?
0: Uh, uh, No. The
1: Sompo Cup Four Nation Women's Hockey Ibaraki International Tournament in Osaka in Japan. I'm just keeping us going with the news just so we don't stray off point at all. Two games down there for the, yeah. <laughs> the sides taking part there. Okay. Um, in the most recent games, uh, Japan had a 3-0 win over um, the USA and Korea had a 3-1 win. Sorry, Australia had a 3-1 win over Korea. Uh, three or four debutants in that hockey ruse. Uh, side there John Um, and the games on the opening day Australia had a 2-0 win over Japan and the US had a 2-1 win over Korea so still uh, another day's play coming now all that streaming is, is happening on live you can find the link through the hockey live on Twitter or hashtag live stream hockey Is
0: that an invitational tournament?
1: It's an invitational tournament, oh, yes. So
0: there's definitely world ranking points involved. No point. There'll be no points. Oh, that's what, got there. They he'll got be, that one right. You'll be happy with it. I am. <laughs> what else have we got in news? Uh,
1: well, we've domestic leagues kicking off all over Europe, if, and uh, certainly a lot of our hashtag TRS World eleven uh, In the next week or so, they're getting out on the park. Uh, I think Baggy got man of the match, Rotten Row, at the, at the oh, weekend. But, uh, yeah, I've signed up to their Fantasy League team, John. and uh, would you go? Well, I'm not in the top 12 from the opening week. I think I might have been sold a pup on that one, uh, uh, d- despite some uh, some advice coming from the uh, the Blue Sox. Anyway, you know... got
0: games to catch up, mate.
1: That's right. It's going to be a long season ahead, John, and I'll be, you know, taking a hard look at these, uh, these guys and running them through the beat tests and things, and uh, hopefully, uh, you know, come the end of the season, I'll be up there and involved.
0: A beep test when it involves you is how many times I have to edit naughty words out that you say. (laughs) (laughs) That's the beep test.
1: So what else have we got going on? Why don't we get into into our chat with Ash? uh,
0: Just before we do, there are some some things coming up. Uh, The Darwin International Hockey Open gets underway on the 18th. Uh, Australia's involved there with teams that I can't remember. Argentina,
1: Malaysia Uh, and Japan
0: we got Hockey Series Open in Santiago, also starting on the 18th of September. That's both for men and women in Chile.
1: That will all be streamed on the FIH YouTube Excellent. channel.
0: Have you been catching any of that streaming? I mean, there's been a lot of it going on from the Hockey Series Open. I haven't been able to catch a lot of it. Little bits and pieces here and there. Fantastic. Loving it. Great to see all these Yeah, other great, great to see. I don't look, get the chance it's, to see.
1: It's, there's... Um, you know, um, limited camera work with that but in our chat coming up with ash we we talk a bit about broadcasting don't we and uh, uh, the different levels that you can go to to produce well you, look, you talk in the interview about expectations and i think that's a big part of it isn't it i yeah. just want i just want to see games on, on the on the screen
0: well that's probably where we should head now You are listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. Time now for our feature interview. And this week, we've got our featured interview in the studio. And it's hockey commentator, Ashley Morrison, has joined us. He's back here in Perth uh, after a whirlwind world tour of hockey tournaments. And uh, we thought we'd drag him in here and just talk hockey. Ashley, welcome.
2: Thanks very much. It's good to be on the reverse. (laughs) I know you get upset when I don't say the reverse (laughs) (laughs) thing.
0: Now, uh, you started your little world tour at the uh, Champions Trophy in Breda. Yeah, went to the World Cup, the Women's World Cup in London, and then you ended up in the Asia Games. And not just calling hockey there, it must be said. How, what was it, 13 sports?
2: 11 sports in 13 days.
0: <laughs> and some of those sports I've never heard of before.
2: Yeah, it was It was challenging. I mean, I got thrown skateboarding, which when I remember I, I had to... <laughs> and you were Ollie.
0: I've yeah. still got that audio of you talking <laughs> about Ollie's.
2: I oh, know, Well, the the thing was I, I thought oh, I'll try and learn some of the terminology and I'll watch that and I found out there's over 500 <laughs> terms that they use in skateboarding and it was, uh, yeah, in the end I just focused on the athletes and their background and their history and, you know, tried to find interesting stories about them as individuals rather than actually trying to describe uh, what they were doing because I was so limited and so basic in my skateboarding knowledge. So
0: there was a lot of, oh, that's a great flippy thing and... <laughs>
2: <laughs> totally, totally rad dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah we look looking it was interesting I had that I had rollerblading uh, fencing shooting penchak silat that was the, the really challenging one
0: penchak which is a martial art It's
2: yeah it's a, it's a Southeast Asian martial art uh, mainly predominantly from Indonesia but just to make it that little bit more complicated a hundred different styles in Indonesia alone <laughs> yeah, not, not a gold medal for every one of them though uh, no there wasn't But they, Indonesia Seemed to win A lot of gold medals And the other countries Were not too happy About that Let's just say that <laughs> Posting okay. rights
0: a bit like boxing
2: Yeah I think Sometimes that can happen Yes
0: Okay Let's get back to the hockey Because we're a hockey podcast And uh, might as well Start at the start of The Champions Trophy Which I thought Was a brilliant tournament And you and the, the Commentary team As at London Were fantastic And really added To the spectacle For us as viewers Coverage was excellent The streaming was fantastic um, and the hockey was just awesome.
2: Yeah, I thought the hockey at the Champions Trophy was amazing. I thought it was a really, really good standard. And even, you know, when you look at... A lot of people frowned about Pakistan being oh. there. But Roland Oldmans had got them organised at the back. Defensively, they were they were pretty well organised yeah. and gave people a tough game. And let's be honest, Australia were lucky to get a win against them in that match.
0: Oh, they were. And I think that's where... There's there's now a movement, I think, in hockey where people are understanding that, well, rankings don't mean that much. And it really came to the fore at the at the World Cup for the women.
2: Yeah, and in mean, the final, again, if you look at it again, Australia are an amazing nation. I think we have to give them credit because they were on the back foot throughout that final. India were the better team yeah. over the hour without a shadow of a doubt. And then it comes down to a shootout and Australia just had the coolness and the temperament. And, I mean, Jeremy Edwards' finish was uh, very, very cool to win the the game for them.
0: Yeah, well, the Indians don't like the shootout, do they? <laughs> they've, they've had problems with shootouts recently.
2: Yeah, it, it's funny. And, I mean, I after the Asian Games, I went away and looked at it because I've commentated a lot of games where I've seen teams score the late equaliser and you, and then they win the shootout. So I was like, this happens a heck of a lot. And I wanted to see... So I went back over the last year... And it, it is in the men's game, I think it's about 70% of the time, the team that gets the equaliser in the last quarter will go on and win the shootout. In the women's, it's slightly less. But over both codes, again, men and women, both genders really, it's still very high. Uh, which makes you think then, is that fair? Should we go back to extra time? I don't know. but if the momentum swings that much because you've got that equaliser in the last quarter that if it goes to a shootout you're winning or predominantly that team is always winning I think you've got to look at it
0: I I would be of the opinion that um Extra time should be played before any shootout anyway. It should go at least five each way. Even if you make it golden goal. And I wonder what that stat would be on golden goals. I bet the team that takes the initiative with that equaliser is probably the team that...
1: Yeah, more likely to get, to get, to get the next goal on. Yeah, it's just, like you say, it's about the momentum, isn't it? And, yeah, momentum. Uh, and you, if your backs are up and you think you've, you've just uh, turned around a losing position into a potentially winning one, then psychologically, there's that, there's that benefit, that bonus for you.
2: Yeah, I think the psychological one's the big one, isn't it? There's that, oh man, you know, we thought we had it, we had the gold medal in our hand and it's just dropped. Talk to Malaysia.
0: Yeah, well, I bet that stat increases the closer that that goal is scored to full time. If you looked at only goals scored in the last two or three minutes of the game, I bet that stat is hugely high in proportion to that team carrying on and... Taking that momentum into a shootout. Sounds
1: like you're setting yourself up for some homework there,
2: John. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, talk, talking about the shootout, there was one of the things in Brada that was really interesting was uh, the um, a, a tournament director came in to the bar one night and he goes, "See anything wrong with this stick, guys?" And we were sitting there and we're like, "And it was a left-handed stick." Oh really? And one of the teams had turned up with a left-handed stick for their goalkeeper for a shootout to hold it in the other hand because they were thinking it would throw the opposition because obviously they were expecting but of course because you're not allowed a left-handed stick it was not allowed to be used in the tournament. but it shows how far people are going to think and i know simon mason who as you know is very much involved with mercy and owns mercy and hockey he was saying that they had actually been practicing with the goalkeepers with a miniature stick because the rules say that a goalkeeper must just have a stick in his hand, and they were trying to see whether you know if you could actually be more effective as a goalkeeper using your mitts and not having the stick if you had just a little stick in your hand. Like one of
0: those. But he goes like it, autograph. Yeah, <laughs>
2: but he said it was he said it was an absolute nightmare because it was just so weird and they abandoned it pretty quickly. Did you
1: have you of watching the recent tournament? are Goalkeepers using a, a flat stick or are they using the little wiggle stick uh, which sort from of what I can see, see they got different
2: ago. ones depending on the shootout so they switch sticks for the shootout they tend to go with a longer hand a longer stick for yeah. the shootout so they've got a bigger reach
1: yeah because of course you're not changing the stick mid strokes there are you correct so, yeah. right
0: I've always thought that you'd go stick side anyway on something like that because uh, a goalkeeper if, with the free hand side they can do anything but well, when you've got the stick in your hand, it's a different... You know, you try and hit it with the stick. You don't try and hit it with your hand. You yeah, know, well, it's, no,
1: it's, part, it's, it's part of the body, though, isn't it? Yeah. The stick. In, and like, you, know, you obviously know, mate, the amount that I put over the top of the bar when I'm in gold <laughs> with the, off the end of the stick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, two of them went past you this year. Um, back to the hockey. The, uh, the Women's World Cup. Um, no one saw that coming. I mean, everybody saw the Dutch winning, but no one saw them beating Ireland in the final. In the final, and no one saw Spain getting close. And uh, mate, and Australia must have been the luckiest team in the tournament to get to where they did. Credit to them for managing that, but I don't think they played good hockey at all until it, they got to the Dutch.
2: No, I tend to agree. I think Rachel Lynch, as, as we were talking off air, I think she actually propelled Australia through the tournament, and she has to be, in my opinion, one of the top. Female goalkeepers. I think she's
0: the, the best yeah. at, the moment. at the moment.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree with you, and I think her form in those games was absolutely amazing. But I, I thought that what I liked about the tournament was the Italians again. You know, nobody really talked about them because they were the lowest-ranked team in the tournament. But of course, they had that opening win in their first game, and then they got through to the crossover games, yeah. which was a massive achievement again Huge. for them uh, to do that. And but again, here was another team where the girls had given up their jobs to focus to train for three or four months now the interesting thing that I heard from the Irish was that they were saying that one of the things they'd really worked on because they felt that hockey wise they could match most of the teams the area where they were struggling if they played internationals was fitness was fitness and that physicality in games. And so that's why they spent so much time working on that. And it certainly paid dividends. And I think Italy proved that. I think Spain proved that. I think Ireland proved that. And to me, these countries, if they don't have the money, we've got to try and get them more hockey so that they can raise that. But it was just fantastic to see.
0: And and that was, for me, the big issue to come out of the World Cup was international strings in the sense you had the Irish coach before the final coming out and saying, well, we've been trying to play the Dutch for four years and now they can't avoid us. They have to play us. And I think that's something the International Hockey Federation's got to look at is the, the way that certain nations are cherry-picking the, the, the nations they play against. And just forgetting the rest of the hockey world and unless we start spreading this stuff out the teams are never going to improve because you don't, You don't. know, Ireland didn't lose that final because the Dutch were that much better than them they lost the final because they hadn't played the Dutch before they, they didn't know what they were up against and when you're playing a really good team like the Dutch if you play them a couple of times and you, you know what you're up against suddenly you're a chance in that they could have had some tactic worked out
2: if you look at I mean you go to the International Festival of Hockey a year ago that was in November in Melbourne Japan played the Dutch there now the Dutch okay they were focusing on the hockey world league going on in Auckland just after it was a preparatory tournament for them for that but in that game if you it, it, Japan should have taken the lead uh, it was an awful bit of umpiring I'm sorry I don't normally criticize umpires but it was clearly a penalty strike. they had a, they had a uh, penalty corner it hit the Dutch player behind the goalkeeper, and for some reason it was awarded as a penalty call. and Anthony Farry, who was the coach, very calm person, went ballistic at half time at this particular umpire and it was hard to justify the decision, but they could have gone one nil up in that game then it then the Dutch did take the lead, and again there was a it was a very, very tight match in Japan against the dutch and because again they 'd done their homework, they were closing them down. But then they got again a decision that seemed very harsh, where a penalty corner was given against them for deliberately playing the ball over the baseline, and lo and behold, the Dutch got a second, and then the game was over. But again, there is there are teams that exactly what you're saying, John, that can compete with the Dutch, can frustrate the Dutch, and uh, you know it, it's that's what it's all about It's finding ways to beat them. But if you don't get the chance to play them that often. How are you ever going to do well, that apart and from watching you Australia proved did.
0: that because they didn't play particularly well during the tournament. But they played the Dutch enough to recently to have systems worked out to take it up to them. And, I mean, that game went to a penalty shootout. Let's not forget, the Dutch didn't win the game. They got through on a penalty shootout.
2: It's a shootout, John. They don't like the word penalty. The F.I.H. Oh, <laughs> I, don't, I can we, don't. Can we, we no, just, come up with another word
0: yeah, for yeah, yeah. shuttle? Shuffle, too. shuffle. Call no, it shuffle, no,
2: John. I, went, oh, I don't like so shuffle. Dense. I think like it's shuffle. Yeah, exactly. I'm with you, John. I don't like shuffle. One on ones. I don't mind one on ones. Well, we
0: could always just go back to strokes.
2: We could.
1: I prefer. I prefer the stroke. You know, I think. I think the shootout benefits the goalkeeper. The stroke benefits the attacker. Um, I think I, I don't the shoots out
2: there what they've got to do is the same rules must apply that in normal play so if you turn your back as a striker going yeah, into yeah, the yeah. goalkeeper in normal 60 minute play should, it goes
0: to the goalkeeper yeah.
2: so and you shouldn't be allowed to do it in a shootout yeah. and it's when ridiculous. the
0: umpire did blow that they got dumped on by people I thought no that's fair enough you can't shield them nowhere else in the field at any time can you shield the ball
2: but I think you know that one of my pet things that I feel the game needs to do if it's going to progress and it's going to grow and become bigger and we've got the Pro League and all of that is I believe they need to get in a room umpires, players, coaches TV people broadcasters even radio and sit down and go through the rule book and go do we need this rule or how can we make it more simple And rather than leaving so many of the rules interpretive to the umpires, because I don't think that's fair, I think they need to be more black and white and go, if this happens, then this is what the outcome is. Now, the one that gets me is the five metre rule with the aerial pass. Like nine times out of ten, you could play on. It's not dangerous. The players are not causing danger. So just let it play on or only blow when danger really happens.
0: Yeah, you should see how that rule gets interpreted
2: at our grade at times. But Uh, it's so inconsistent at international level. I mean, at the Women's World Cup, there was one game, I remember within two minutes, both umpires had interpreted it differently.
0: Yeah, and we've we've spoken often about simplifying the rules, so that take interpretation out of it. The foot rule's a terrible one. If it hits your foot, it's a free hit, that's it.
2: I agree.
1: Interpretation's an interesting thing, though, because we talked, I think, at the weekend about um, actually knowing what the decisions are from umpires, and we seem to have lost the art of signaling what the offence was, and so you get frustrated as a supporter or a player because you're looking to see what the decision actually was, and gone, it seems to be, at the time where they tap the foot for a foot and... Um, you know, it's, uh, I think the
2: self-pass has caused that because what happens is play goes on so quickly yeah. that the umpire blows and by the time they've done it the play's already gone on so they don't do the signal
0: yeah. I th- It was happening before that it, it, Signalling has, had gone out of the game a long time before that and it is frustrating as a player uh, All you want to know is what it was for oh, What was that free hit for? Because you haven't seen it or something well, Okay, no worries uh, Or you might be trying to figure out how the umpire is umpiring the game Oh, so you thought that, that incident there was uh, that offence? OK, if I do that, I can expect to get pinged for it.
1: Just keeping your arm pointing in the right direction would be well, nice that, sometimes. <laughs> when you get your head up and you think, Oh, Christ, which way is it? And before you know it, you're, you're back on your heels and 10 metres off the plate.
0: Yeah. Oh, look, I, that's a good idea of getting everybody in a room together. I reckon throw in a few litres of beer and uh, sell tickets. That would That could be a fantastic event.
2: Well, to, to be fair, you know, Rugby Union did it in Stellenbosch, where they were three days down there in a lovely place. I'm sure there was plenty of red wine flying <laughs> there, the Pinotage. But, you know, and I'm not saying Rugby Union has got it 100% right, but they worked on a lot of the rules and made it a lot simpler and safer, and that was what they were looking at. But I, I just think if you get people in a room with a common purpose that is to make it simpler easier to understand so that people that are new to the game go oh okay yeah I get that rather than not having a clue what's going on then it's going to grow the game as a whole it's a fantastic game it's so fast it's so exciting I mean BT when we worked with them a lot of the camera guys came from football and they all go man this game is amazing they absolutely love it and the other thing that they stressed so much is how nice the athletes are (laughs) <laughs> compared to footballers, and it's true. You know, we have some of I think the most personable athletes in the game at international level going around. You know, they they're humble, um, they're approachable, and they're just really decent human yeah, beings. Yeah. Yeah,
0: is is that a is that a product of uh, hockey's lack of professional success? On I that it, side of it, it
2: may well be, John, but but I mean, it, it's you can probably still nurture that. I mm. think because there's there's now there's that history of it. it's been there for a while and we've not got caught up in the professionalism of sport so you would hope that even if some money did come in certainly in the Hockey India League it was never evident you know it was evident maybe in a few players but I think a few players were just overawed by the, the swarms of people you get in India as you come off a pitch and I mean It literally is quite daunting for some of the athletes if they're not used to it, and they're literally surrounded by hundreds of people wanting a selfie, wanting a photo, just wanting to touch them, you know.
0: Well, I think one of the beauties, too, is that when hockey players come back from international duty, they go back to a club where there's mums and dads and these kids. They go back to a, a, a real club. They're not going back to, say, Manchester United that is still so far removed from the people it's purporting to support or represent. Yeah,
1: they're surrounded by the hockey family. Yes, you know, yeah. and that's a lot of the time That's what's got them there in the first place, isn't it? It's uh, just before we go off the the World Cups and your travels. I'm always interested to know. What's going on off the field? The um, what's the word? The no, not, no, 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 no. I'm talking. I'm about not giving it. you any <laughs> of that. Just things around the events, so the the venue activation um, that I like to speak of. So the food trucks and things. What what are some of the things that you've seen in most recent tournaments? You think work really well and uh, could be replicated in similar tournaments around the world, or even the AHL here in Australia?
2: Oh, look, I think th- I didn't get time to go to the sort of fan village in London because they moved it whereas before it had always been behind the stand where we were commentating because it was such a big event and they put that big stand there so that sort of encroached on that land they'd moved it a little bit further away and just the way the schedule worked out I never had time between games to get there it was too far to walk so I think there they had a bit of an issue. And I, I did speak to some people who had stalls there. And they said it was really hard because it was a fair way away from the venue. The great one in, in Breda and also in Antwerp when they had it, it was fantastic. You know, like it was literally at the back of the, the stadium. Um, they had hockey equipment. They had stuff for kids. Uh, Breda, you know, they had pictures of the women's team. And you could sit in there on the seat as if you were in the front of the team. And that people were taking photos of that all the time. Food was great. Um, and again, you know, there was music at, in uh, Antwerp years ago. They would, at the end of the day's play, they would have a band play and everyone was there having yeah. a drink, having a dance. And, and even, you know, the great thing was the officials were going over, there, the umpires, you'd see them, you know, just enjoying the actual atmosphere of the whole tournament. Now, the players couldn't go there at the beginning of the tournament, yeah. <laughs> they were there at the end of the tournament. But I, I think those are the things in it. It has to have that sort of whole village feel and that you it's a place where you can catch up with people where you can meet people that are like-minded that love the game yeah um and just enjoy all of that but it was yeah that was i mean i thought i thought brader did a great job and i mean it was hard to believe when they showed us actually the 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 hockey club before they had built the little village at the back and before they built the vip area and they were saying how much uh, they had to dig out a whole new trench for the sewage from the VIP area. and But it was six months in the planning to create this VIP area yeah. and, and their sort of entertainment area for the public. And uh, my hat goes off them because I thought it was really well done.
0: There was a great photo there at the Champions Trophy, too, of they had the set-up with all the hockey and rah-rah, and right next to it there's a couple of cows in a field just having <laughs> a munch on the grass, and all this stuff's gone. Would have been a fantastic setting for it. It was a lovely
2: setting. I mean, we—I would walk every day. I mean, we could have hired a, a, a bicycle, but it was just a, probably about a mile walk, I suppose, from the hotel. And it was just such so a beautiful walk. There must have been a pie
0: shop between there and it. The no, there I wasn't. There <laughs> no. okay.
2: were good pies when you got to the. Thing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <but> they were.
1: <laughs> were the bruges. What's, what's big in Holland?
2: Oh, chips and mayonnaise. Oh, of
0: course. Fruits. Chips oh, and mayonnaise. Oh, those yeah. little pancake things, proffjes. Oh, that's what I thought it was. was yeah, trying to think of things. Oh, they're fantastic. Um, shall we move on Asian Games uh, what does it mean to Asia
2: massive Uh, it is huge I mean this is the second biggest multi-sport event outside the Olympics Okay. the Asian Games just because of the volume of not only countries taking part but the, the viewership on TV there is such a massive interest and there's a lot of obviously kudos if you get Asian game success in your, when you go back to your country. So it was really, really big and it was surprising how massive it was. I was kind of taken aback at how big it really was.
0: Yeah, well, there was a lot of talk too during the tournament about the massive discrepancy between the standards of some of the teams involved and we talked about men and women. There was probably only five sides on either, in either draw that were going to be there and they'll, the five zone five nations, <laughs> but you know how important do you think it is that um, you know teams like Kazakhstan do get to appear at these tournaments and do get flogged by nations like India.
2: No, I, I think again it was if you see those players, it means the world to them. And we've had this discussion before when we look at Oceania. That a lot of these countries to play against India, to be able to go home and go back to their day jobs and whatever and say, I played international hockey against India, the best in the region or whatever. They will live off that forever. You know, and that is a massive thing to have been on the park with a Rapindapal Singh, with a Harman Preet or whatever. And they, if they love the game, that's huge for them. That's, that's not as good as a gold medal. And so I think you have to be very careful if you take that away from them, because those moments are still very special, even though they're getting beaten. Now, watching some of the teams, and I was just trying to think one of the teams who um, I thought were, were in the matches, say the men's Thailand team, I thought they were actually quite a promising team. But when you look at, I'd, done the, I'd covered them in the Sea Games a year ago. They hadn't played any international hockey since the Sea Games a year ago. And you you look at that and you go they're not playing enough games. Like their whole squad, I think, by the end of the tournament, the most caps anyone had was twelve. Uh, yeah, you know, and, and the whole of the Indonesian team were under ten. And then they're coming up against teams where players have got over two hundred caps. You know that depth of experience or the lack of experience that's really where they're going to fall down
0: well Indonesia went into that tournament without a world ranking in the men's side of things yeah, Exactly. And I think the women were so far near the bottom it wasn't Yeah, I no, had, they
1: were
2: 86 I think from memory or something.
1: we had Carl on the show last week from Gibraltar Hockey and there was a guy there who's played 15, 16 years of international hockey for 40 caps you know.
2: <laughs> so. well, well there, was, there was a Thai player who off the ball struck another player with a stick now it was it was bad there's no describing it. You don't condone that behaviour. Had we hadn't picked it up in play, and the umpires had followed the ball, it was only then we've got the TV replay, which I believe is given to the technical officials after. I haven't heard whether he was suspended or not. But traditionally, he would get probably four, or five games, maybe six for that. And I was going, "You give a guy from Thailand a six-match ban? He's out for two years, you know." And so it's like. That's where you've kind of got to look at things and go. Actually, you know what? We can't, we shouldn't really ban him, but we've got to punish him somehow. Yeah, yeah. Because that's not acceptable behaviour, and he needs to learn that. But again, you, you, you mentioned Kazakhstan. Let's not forget they they qualified for the indoor World yes. Cup. Now they didn't win a game there, uh, but you could see that there were players there that could play, um, and it was very interesting. You know, and you just sort of think, well, if some of them were given a bit more exposure or they got more games. You just wonder, you know? What about
1: reducing the number of players on the team and that's so they can play international hockey well enough? Five or six players on there? Would that be a good idea? You're I'm not in favour man. of that at all.
0: <laughs> you heretic. I'm, I'm sorry. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm an I'm ideas, a traditionalist. Man. I'm a traditionalist. I'm <laughs> Not a good ideas man. No, no, I didn't say that, did <laughs> I? So, well, not,
1: not a fan of hockey fives then.
2: Oh, look, I don't mind that if it's a form of development for young kids and whatever. I think the indoor game, I think, has a place, definitely. Uh, I think if you look again, the way I look at that is Iran. Iran said we cannot put out a team that's going to compete at 11 a side but they've had success now with that bronze medal in the indoor game so hopefully more people will play indoor which will then create a pool of talent that they can then compete outdoors so I think there's a place for it and even with hockey fives you could argue the same as long as it's going to the long term goal is that the always to me you should give the kudos is for the 11 a side game because that is the traditional game that is the focus that is what is at the Olympics at the moment and hopefully will be for a while to come um, but to me that's that it's like you know t twenty cricket that a cap in t twenty would mean nothing a test match cap would mean a lot more
1: well um, just to just to stir it up even more then but so what are you what are your thoughts on winners from port via hockey series open a fives competition finding a place in an a leather side um finals round
2: I think the competition's <laughs> flawed okay moving on
0: very confident. <laughs> um you, well Matt you had a few things you wanted to ask why I was
1: yeah I've um, well I've got a big task at the weekend Ash I'm, uh, I've put my hand up to uh, live stream uh, a premier uh, game of the weekend Saturday afternoon 3.30 local time
0: top class
1: it's uh, over 50s men's masters division 3 it's the grand final John's division
0: gonna- 3 gold It's John- two no, division sorry, two gold.
1: Um John's going to be taking part and tonight, like I said I've put my hand up to to stream the show um, the show. <laughs>
0: Stream <Straight laughs> the Get game. The
1: now, you've got a lot of experience at all sorts of levels of broadcast, so right up to the big tournaments like the World Cups, down to doing stuff at local level. What are some of the... If I, if I want to do it well at the weekend, what are a few tips for me? First off, with uh, position around the field, and where do I want to find myself with my little iPhone on it? Um, well, I
2: can't imagine John's going to be moving too fast, so you're <laughs> not going to have to... <laughs>
1: Well, he, has, he hasn't washed his shirt in three years, so there'll be a tracker on him anyway. We've just got to follow the yellow glow around the field. <laughs> so
2: He's, isn't that the Matthew Swamp, when he was younger, never washed his shirt until oh so really? he lost? Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> well, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm not, uh, Yeah, I could be, if I win the grand final, I'm going into my fourth season of, of not washing the shirt because it hasn't been washed since. Oh, my gosh.
1: So for a, noz, a novice pitch side, doing it on the most basic of equipment, just on the
2: phone. Yeah, look, I mean, the, the best thing is always you're going to be steadier if you've got something holding the camera... Yeah. Or your phone rather than your hand because it's always going to jiggle a little bit there. I would say you need to probably be a little bit higher, slightly elevated, so you again get the whole pitch and it's easier to, to scan from left to right. Let me write this Whereas down. if you're at grand level, obviously it's a little bit difficult Take um, to do that. But yeah, if, I mean, when we do ours, we usually want to be about two and a half, three meters above the side of the pitch. If uh-huh. you can, that's a, not a bad height take a big ladder so you said when you do hours, what do you mean by that well when we do the live streaming so well, I've got I set up a live streaming uh, set up with a friend of mine who's a cameraman and we have been doing it for a while now and the technology's really moved on and that there are, the thing is, the limit. there's no limit to what you can do. So, I mean, for example, we could do replays now. We could do uh, various other things. But, of course, the minute you do that, you need to have somebody who's a vision mixer yeah. who can go back to the replay. And then suddenly you're bringing a third person into the, if you've only got one camera. But then the, even if you bring in a second camera, suddenly you need a vision mixer. So you're doubling a team yeah. of doing it. So, um, But the technology's moved on. So when we do it, yeah, we try to be about three meters up minimum. If we're, like when we do the rugby, just so you can get that level where you're looking down on the pitch and you're just getting a much better angle yeah. to be able to film things. So
1: it's a decent quality camera that, that your man's using. Does that yeah. feed into your laptop or
2: what happens Yeah, so it goes into the uh, laptop. We use a, a program called Wirecast. Um, and then the key thing, the, the biggest thing is your internet upload speed. So it's not a case of the download speed, it's the upload speed so that you can actually get the footage going up on there quick enough so that it doesn't corrupt. And then obviously when it's coming out, you you can view it better and it depends on where your internet connection is. But then again, depending on the upload speed, depends on how high you can go with your definition of the footage that you're covering. So we're using a high-definition camera. Um, Very rarely will we go to the highest level. Um, because sometimes we're relying on a 4G modem that we will carry a portable modem. When some places where you've got a dedicated internet line, it's better to plug that straight into the computer so that the the, um, internet is not going to fluctuate, it's going to be fairly consistent, which means you can then assuredly go on a higher, higher definition that you're pumping out your vision.
1: Yeah, so you're broadcasting via YouTube with this. Have you tried other systems?
2: Oh, look, we've looked at other uh, systems. The thing is, at the moment, YouTube's probably the, the better one at, at the moment to use. Um, for example, if you use Facebook, Facebook has, again, improved a great deal from when it first started, but it does condense the footage down. So it's the quality, compressed. yeah, it's compressed, so it's the, the quality isn't quite as good. And then also, the good thing about YouTube is, YouTube's monitoring of its stats is so much better. So Facebook, if you, you might have as you're scanning down your Facebook page and you run your finger or your mouse, depending if you're using a phone or a computer, over that image, they will classify that as a view. Right. But you haven't actually watched. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas YouTube, you have to watch for a certain period of time. So even if you watched for thirty seconds, that won't be classed as a view. You have to watch for a longer period, yeah. usually than that, especially on a full match stream. Uh, And then they'll break down whether someone watched it on a tablet, whether they watched it on a phone, whether they watched it on a laptop or on a TV, where they were watching it. They can break down the demographics of the person watching. Obviously, they don't know if it's a room full of people, but it, it gives you a much better idea of who your actual audience is. So then, for example, as we, we dropped ads into you know, the live streams that we do, it's, it's better for that if you're going out there and you can say to someone, well, look, these were the viewing figures, these are the demographics, it fits your demographic perfectly, so you should be on board.
1: Is there a charge on using YouTube to no. put stuff out? So it's free. If I was a local club and I wanted to stream my, my home games, we could do that mm-hmm. as a club, yeah, free on YouTube. It, yeah. Yeah. Um, John, any thoughts on the media side of things?
0: Uh, oh yeah, I got, I got on pain. the broadcast side of things. <laughs> the broadcast side of things. One thing that has worried me a little bit is the numbers that are turning up to watch some of these international hockey events. Not necessarily one streamed by you, but we saw um, there's been qualification tournaments etc. Where you know you've had a hundred people watching a global audience of a hundred people. Yeah, what, what is considered um, a good audience? Well, uh, as far as I'm aware, it's a global audience. Now, Uh it just seems that. It's so hard to get any numbers of views yeah. watching at all. But but
2: I think this is that this is the big thing John is you can you can say we're going to do a stream and we we've done this with various I mean we've streamed football we've streamed hockey we've floorball futsal and a number of sports rugby union and it all comes down to the promotion. Now you can set the thing up if people don't promote it and get the message out there that it's available you're not going to get the views. You'll get some down the track. I mean there are some where we've had Minimal views on the actual day of the game, and then you go back two weeks later and it suddenly jumped because people were like I never knew that was available and they 've gone back and watched it down the track. but the key thing is getting the message out so for example, if you 're saying there you want to stream john 's game and free metal, the key thing is make sure that everyone in his team knows that you 're going to do that yeah share the link with make sure that everybody in that team shares their link whether they 've got facebook whether they 've got Where Twitter, whatever social media out that they 've got bang it out there because then all of those people in it the more people that see it uh, I mean we tried to do that with one of the rugby clubs we did we met, they made their whole first team it was compulsory they must share the link and it was amazing how it just the, the, it more than quadrupled the viewing field yeah, yeah. by just doing that
1: Because I guess people think, oh, it's out there, you know, somebody else will do that. But you've got to take
2: the the responsibility. There's so much out there, and that is the problem. And it's, you know, again, you know, we we, we did the Sultan of Johor Cup last year. And I mean, I shared the links with all of the competing, the national associations of all the competing nations. And it was amazing how once they got on board and they were sharing it on a daily basis, that this is the link if you want to watch our under-21s play the viewing figures jumped considerably again after day one and two. Uh, so it is, it's just a case of really getting that message out, letting people know it's available. And then I, I'm a big believer that I think it has to be quality. I mean, I, I've watched live streams of things, and if it, like you are saying, if the camera's jumping all over the place, or I find some without commentary very difficult to watch because I don't know who the players are unless it's a team I know, and, and, it, and then nothing seems to have context.
0: I, I'm, I'm the same. I I can't stand it. Um, you know, it's it's hard listening to commentary in another language, but at least it's something. Yeah. Uh, when it when it's just silence and the odd.
1: Some sad. of that Spanish commentary is fantastic. Oh, you I can guess. get right into it and not have a clue what's going yeah. on apart from the goal.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think one one thing I'd like to say about the streaming side of things, and again, I think this is something that is a still a sort of. Teething's probably the wrong word, but it's a problem in the early stages. People go, I want to stream again. And then but what they want is they want T V quality yeah. at a budget rate price. And yeah. it's like, Well you're not it's never going to replace T V because T V the, the amount of money that goes into T V, the truck alone, you know, is worth where the outside broadcast truck oh. will be worth, you know, millions. millions. Yeah. I mean Hawkeye's van just alone is worth quarter of a million so just with the technology they have in the back of that so you know you want Rolls Royce that's that but streaming is never going to be that level unless you've got the full sort of top of the tree the production
0: the amazing, amazing thing I find is that you, you're not going to get that unless ESPN Zero, there or Fox right something like that whatever like BT in England um, but people people have that expectation that that's going to be delivered. But if they lowered their expectations, they'd actually find they are, they're going to end up with a product that is better than what they thought a product at that level was going to be. Because they start concentrating on what you need to do to get that done. And sure, it's not going to have uh, overhead shots. Oh, good. We don't need that. We can plan around that. You know, you don't need all of this extraneous stuff. I think you can probably. Get away with doing a hockey game with three cameras, and it would be you could get an equally professional job as you would from BT. You wouldn't get all the extras, but you'd get to see the game just as well.
1: So, with three cameras, how many people would you need to produce something?
2: Oh, it would depend again with that because whether you went with GoPros in the goals as being the other two cameras. That you could do that you could set that up and you could do that with one main cameraman one vision mixer and the GoPros are in the goals because obviously you don't need somebody yeah. managing the GoPros um, but then if you actually want sort of like a guy with a mobile camera down pitch side who can film the coaches and the reactions on the bench you know, then you're going into four people. Yeah. It, it just depends on what you want those cameras to do.
0: I think with the technology moving the way it is, what, what holds you back most in this area is getting the people to do it. I mean, the, the, the technology's there. If you can find a bit of money, you can pick it up for what is now relatively cheap prices. Television equipment was not that long ago. Horrendously expensive.
2: Oh, yes. You're absolutely right, John. I mean, when we did a, we, for example, we had the Australian Floorball Open in, in Mandra this year. Mm-hmm. We'd streamed their event. I think it was four years ago when it was in Perth, and we were able to charge them less this time than we did four years ago because technology had moved on so far yeah. that it was it, it doesn't cost us what it did yeah. four years ago to do it. It's a lot easier to do it now. But you know, so, that, so I agree with that. I think the. The thing I was going to say about, um, again, the technology is, if you look, we did in Astro Arena in uh, Malaysia. One of the things they did with the broadcast there in the hockey, which I thought was outstanding, was they put a camera in the frame of the goal so for penalty corners it was fantastic because you literally were right in the centre of the goal you had that shot coming there
0: and you know there's not a cameraman wasted there having to do this it it
2: looked fantastic I mean they've tried they I think were the first ones to put an umpire cam they also were, which again I actually liked that the umpires didn't like wearing them. Some of them are okay with it now. They're again a lot lighter than they were yeah. when it was first tried. The the other one that I actually quite liked was when they had a goalkeeper cam and it was optional. It was, I think it was the Sultan Aslan Shah Cup, and it was up to the goalkeepers if they were prepared to wear it. Now I think two of the three of them said they would, and the others didn't want to. But it was a bit annoying because it was on the side of the head. But we did get one save from, I can't remember which goalkeeper, and it was outstanding because you saw the shot coming in. You saw his camera, his head turn to watch the ball onto his stick because the camera was on that side. And it was just fantastic because you actually got the whole kind of goalkeeping experience watching it all the way. And a great lesson for kids, you know, to see him turn his head and watch the ball onto his stick to clear it.
1: I thought you were going to say the ball clipped into the camera and went over the bar. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get you know, one on both sides.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, on this broadcasting thing is the push back, push off, roll back, whatever you want to call it the absolutely most boring way to start an international hockey nice sporting back event?
2: Back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, seriously, as a, as a commentator, that that moment, does. do you not feel sort of, there's a sap in atmosphere, there's nothing
2: to it. I think I get, it, yeah, I do agree with you there, but the one I don't like is the countdown clock inside the stadium, and then, <laughs> then there's this, so they go, five, four, three, two, one, and then there's this pause, then we get a whistle, and then they push it back. <laughs> uh, to me, if you're going to do the countdown in the stadium, the minute it gets to one, bang, we're off. You know, yeah. We don't need the whistle or whatever, but, so that, that I find even worse, but, uh, yeah, I get what you're saying, and I've I've actually been a fan of bring back the bully because it, it's again if you look at certain sports, there are things that are unique to those sports. So you know, you, like a wicketkeeper in in cricket, or if you look the scrum in rugby union, yeah,
1: bounce you know, down right? AFL, yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. There are those things, but but hockey's kind of got rid of the bully, which was so unique. But I've raised this with a number of the top coaches, raised it with even uh, you know people that are involved in the game at that level, and they're going. The trouble is, the players today don't know how to do it. Well,
0: it's, well get them back learning. Teach them again. I mean.
1: Well, we had one in, in my game at the weekend. Uh, not, not a not, bully, for, not for Not for a start, but it was one of those ones where, oh, we're just going to give it back to the opposition anyway. So one little tap of the stick in there, you yeah. can have the ball anyway, mate. Uh,
0: but, uh, bully look, used to be one of the great skills of the game, you know, like uh, in the sense that there were unique individuals that could bully, and, you know, you'd have one bloke on every team that was an ace at it and everybody else would be useless yeah, he's that's our drag flicker he's our bully. yeah that's
2: right yeah. I, mean, I'm, I, I, I think the reason you love it John is having been the state's rock scissors paper John, <laughs> because there is a tactic to it you're trying to outthink <laughs> the guy at the bully but you know you love the one two three thing oh, yeah, that's right I do uh, just
1: um, before we let you go Ash what's, what's up later in the year for you doing World Cup in India men's world
2: cup I would love to but I haven't heard anything as yet right. so I'm still waiting to hear I mean there's three really major tournaments I suppose to come up there's the Asian Champions Trophy which is in uh, Oman, and then there's, that's for
0: the women isn't it no that's, that's the
2: men's yeah. okay. and then oh, the, then the Women's, women's so Champions China. Trophy yeah. is yeah. in China and then there's obviously the men's World Cup. I mean, I'd love to be a part of any of those, but yeah, I'm waiting for the phone to ring at the moment.
0: There you go, hockey fans. Get onto your, get onto the broadcasters. Get on the FIH if you want to hear Ashley's dulcet tones, commentating your hockey games. You're gonna to have to get them to employ him.
1: Yes, do that now. Go and do it. Thanks, guys.
0: <laughs> oh well, we we look. And, and this goes for everybody you've worked with in the last I didn't see the Asian Games because
2: I was on my own in the Asian Games had no expert oh, really? me, oh, so geez. yeah don't panic about that and uh, I when I had Thailand versus Kazakhstan as the very first game the names were like oh. thank you very much
0: guys <laughs> how did you go with that I mean that must that must take up a lot of time trying to get all of that stuff right
2: yeah it's, uh, it's that's the hard bit I think trying to also trying to identify who's who in a game like that when you do sort of international games where it's India or it's England you know a lot of the players anyway because you've seen them in other toys, yeah. So they might be just a one or two new faces so you soon pick up who they are but yeah when you're doing teams that, like Kazakhstan I'd never seen Kazakhstan play before in my life and so it was like whoa okay
0: how do you go squeezing in some of the names with the flow of commentary yeah, because some people have long names.
1: <laughs> well, we we had a Thai boy playing out our uh, uh, Origin guy playing on our side last year. We can't fit his name on the game card. Like <laughs> <laughs> you can't yeah. put Christian name or surname on the game card. Well, they yeah.
2: they the Ties Thais actually tended to use their Christian names, which made it a lot easier. But I I tell you a story when I did the Junior Asia Cup and I had a game Sri Lanka versus Iran, oh, and I always remember this. And the, the director, the Sri Lankans again, very long names. Yeah. and so there was a guy says. I, I think his name is Vikram Ramasinger, and he just had Vikram on the back of his shirt. So I said to my director, "I said, look, he's just got Vikram on his shirt. Can I? Surely I can just call him that? No, you must use this full name." And I'm going, but by the time I get Vikram singer out, it's gone through three other parties. You know? <laughs> but I had to do it,
0: and that's just what—that's just a Christian name, was it? <laughs> no, that was, it was his, his surname, surname. Yeah. yeah.
2: But um, no, look, some, the names can be tricky, and I mean, then you get some, of course, that you. Th- Think, and I always try and meet the team manager or the coach or someone to go through the pronunciation yeah. because you can get caught on on those. You know, I mean, the the classic was Matt Goads you know, or Godez <laughs> So his wife preferred Godez He said, "I don't care." You know, so it was like it's his name and he doesn't actually care. What it <laughs> well, at,
0: at the Champions Trophy, we picked up another one of them. Was it Nick Irvine at the Champions Trophy? What was that? Oh, with the name. Oh, Where, um,
1: was it t- not Tyler love Was it Tyler Laval? Laval. Yeah. Laval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whereas, you know, no, I've, I've never heard anybody say Lavelle, but it's probably, he knows some bloke from his own oh, sorry, John, club l- Last Lavelle.
1: week we had Carl from Gibraltar on the show. We pronounced Ramagee, Ramagee, Ramage and Ramage all in the
0: same show. Yeah, so and, there you go. And he told <laughs> me in the, in the preview, i asked him how you pronounce your name. And, and he'd said, oh, well, for you, you English people, it's Ramage, uh, Ramage Ramage yeah. but um, it's Italian background so it's Ramage or whatever it was it's <laughs> so where, did, where do you
2: go? Well, I, must, I was trying to think when you were saying that because there was, there was a player in the Asian Games and I'd asked how you say their name and I'd written it down phonetically but it, it just would never seem to want to come out the way it was meant to so I go I mean that sorry, you know, just not always apologise, but it, occasionally I just didn't. It would come out the way in my head. I saw it not the way it was meant to be said. Yeah,
1: I'm terrible for that. If I get it wrong the first time, then even when I've been corrected, I'll then double, you know, have that double guess going oh, Which one was it again? And then generally go to the original one that I got wrong in the first place. <laughs> That's just life and normal in general. I'm, I'm
0: sure there's people around this globe that go through their whole life having their names mispronounced. Uh, by everybody that comes across them. I, I mean, I, I love names because I've got such a simple one. Seven letters. There's, you know. And that's both names. Yeah, that's both, that's both names. So I, I just find names so interesting. I don't know why I'm a bit of a weirdo. But, you know, imagine going through your whole life, just never, no one ever calling you by your correct name except your mum and your dad. Yeah,
1: they should have given you a different name at birth, shouldn't
0: they? Well, yeah, it's their fault, isn't it? Uh, actually, thank you for joining us It's been an absolute pleasure We're going to run out of time with you Because we've got to let you go And otherwise our whole program will be the Astro Morrison show <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: Luke, Thanks thanks for inviting me Always good to catch up And I've enjoyed listening to your podcast as well And I know many around the world are enjoying it So keep up the good work
0: oh, And give your podcast a plug while you're here what, Not the footy not show, the footy show uh, Which you've been doing for years and years and years now
2: Yeah, what is it? 13th year we've been going there now you, are,
1: you, you do a lot of writing as well, that's available on your blog, where can people catch up with that?
2: Yeah, notthefootyshow.com Can you just explain to
1: the listeners what the Not The Footy Show is about?
2: Okay, so what that was was uh, in Australia, Australian rules football just dominates all of the sporting landscape, especially here in Western Australia. So came up with this idea of a show where we talk about all sports but not Australian rules football and I should just mention Channel 9 when we launched it I received a letter threatening us saying you will cease and desist from using this name uh, because we hold the copyright to the footy show and so I'd actually expected this letter to come anyway and I registered the name as a business name uh, where they're pretty strict on what you can and can't have as a business name So I wrote back to them and said, actually, you know, I've registered this with the uh, Australian government as a business name, and they're very strict on it, and since when do you control the English language? We are exactly what we say we are. We are not the (laughs) footy chef, and I never heard back from them.
0: Uh, Well done. Uh, Morrison 1, Maguire Neil. Uh, <laughs> thanks again for your company Ashley We could talk for hours and hours and uh, if you want to get onto the Facebook you can talk to Ashley as well for hours and hours She's up there as well, not the footy shows there Check it out, it's all sports and you do a great job for hockey and on behalf of the hockey family I'd like to thank you for your work
2: uh, Thanks very much and again thanks for having me on today Cheers Ash
0: And that was Ashley Morrison, global hockey commentator here on the Global Hockey Podcast, the Reverse Stick. And that uh, was uh, good to catch up with Ash after I don't know a couple of months at least he's been away visiting the. Uh,
2: oh yeah, he the hasn't. Hockey
1: tournament. But when he has been back, he's been doing local commentary stuff here and and streaming it himself. So yeah, I was I was uh, interested to uh, uh, hear his thoughts on the broadcast, and most importantly, I think it's that. Using the individuals that are involved within it and very close to that game, whatever it might be, to be the, the, the messengers for you and get their friends watching and spread the word to their own social media accounts and give yourself a really good sort of start base. Um, I guess I'm going to have to get start working on that, aren't I, pretty soon because I'm supposed to be filming tomorrow afternoon, John. Yes. I've just got my, uh, my, my, our The Reverse Stick YouTube account set up. Um, it takes 24 hours for verification. I've just done it here and now. So we'll be good to go for the, uh, for the game tomorrow. <laughs> I just don't YouTube. know whether I should go YouTube or Facebook Live or Instagram. I think on Instagram I've, I can only do um, portrait mode and can't do landscape. So I need to do landscape, really.
0: I think that in the world of streaming, everybody can access YouTube if you've got an internet connection. Not everybody's got Instagram. All right. So, so YouTube... Uh, not just for our purposes but for all purposes really
1: so this show will be dropping uh, and in your uh, podcast inbox is before the game tomorrow uh, so if you listen quickly you'll you'll get these instructions but yeah have a look for the reverse stick I'll post it on our social media uh, on Instagram, on Facebook and on Twitter, all at the reverse yeah. stick. Of course, you can follow us on there. We're up to 1,900 likes and followers on uh, on on Twitter, John. Good stuff. It'd be nice to get another hundred on there, make it two, two yeah grand. two grand. That'd be nice, wouldn't it?
0: And uh, we are a little bit late this week, but there's been a bit going on in our in in the world, our hockey world. Yeah, well, I'm
1: actually glad that we are, um, because it's it, how often does it happen that we we wrap a show and then an hour afterwards a news report comes out on something explosive within the, the hockey world
0: what have you got for uh, us uh,
1: well where do we start I guess probably the big story um, someone we've spoken about as a player quite a lot over the, the past few 63 episodes Sadar Singh mm-hmm. has announced his retirement from international hockey now did he jump or was he pushed
0: did Daya hold the press conference in an elevator
1: um moving on um jeez John um so he wasn't named as one of the probables um for what's the next tournament they've got coming up there? Is it Asia Asia Cup? Champions trophy. Asian Champions no Trophy. What whatever the next no it's not the World Cup, it's the, the tournament they've got yeah. in, in in between there. Um and yeah, so it wasn't wasn't named in that side. And then within I think probably about twelve hours the uh, reports were coming out that he'd retired. Now bearing in mind only ten days ago he was sporting the, the brand new designed uh Indian hockey shirt um or you know smiles on the face and this is isn't this great well and soon after he's uh, he's retiring when he doesn't make the squad so something has happened there hasn't it
0: well from what i can gather he was told he wasn't needed anymore at the conclusion of the asian games right so I don't think he was going to announce his retirement.
1: <laughs> well, I believe that the, it was the press releases were sent out on whatever the the day prior. No, the day when 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 it was leaked, but they were asking that it didn't get posted until 10 a.m. Indian Standard okay. Time on How the is, following day. And as soon as some people got the news, it it, it okay. was out there. So there was no opportunity for him to step out and have the press conference and sort of do it on his own terms.
0: I wonder if if the result had anything to do with it. I wonder if the, if the result enabled them, the coaches or the selectors or whoever it is, to make a move when perhaps if if they had won the tournament it would be a lot harder for them to move him on.
1: Yeah, oh, he, he, his pockets would have been a bit more bulging wouldn't they, so it would have well, been hard, yeah. harder to move him. Um, Good remuneration if you win medals in uh, in India for the for the top teams. Was it? Yeah. How much? A lot. A lot. A lot.
0: What's what's a lot? Six. Six figures. Yeah. With a three at the start.
1: Yeah. In US dollars. Yeah, maybe oh. I might have heard that. I don't know. Um, a lot of money.
0: Yeah, well, uh, let's. <laughs> they deserve some. They deserve it. I mean, if <laughs> they deserve it, what more can I say? Hockey players deserve as much money as they can possibly get and the government wants to hand out big wadfuls for it. Stick your hand out, hockey players. Grab as much of it as you can.
1: They struggle to get it any other time. That's the problem, isn't it?
0: Well, the model works differently here in Australia too. Yeah. uh, I I think the grants in India are made by the government to to the individuals themselves, whereas when a team has success here in Australia, the money is funneled back through the associations and they decide what happens to it.
1: There's less opportunities for... uh uh, happy smiley photographs, then there isn't there? There is. Well, whilst we're in that part of the world, John, let me take you on to something I spotted a couple of days ago in PakistanToday.com. Oh, PK. Yes. Uh, headline Pakistan hockey players blamed for blanket theft. Mm. Well, they're stealing everything. <laughs> <laughs> Jakarta. After its dismal performance in the Asian Games, the Pakistan hockey team is now being accused in a scandal regarding the theft of blankets. Three players mistakenly brought a blanket each to the hotel after the end of the Asian Games in Jakarta. Br- I think it took away these... Well, they actually meant but All three players were staying in the same room, which is why the team administration was unaware of this incident. When the administration counted the blankets, there were three blankets less. When the Asian Games investigated into the matter, three Pakistani players were revealed to have taken the three blankets without informing the organisers. However... A video of the Pakistan team manager Hassan Sada posted on Twitter clarified the situation. Of course. He said that the players had thought of the blankets as souvenirs. That's why they picked up. After realising that it was not so, they gave all blankets back. Later, the Asia Games administration contact- contacted Hassan Sada, who immediately returned the three missing blankets. The three players weren't fined, nor did they face any kind of penalty. Many players taking part in the worldwide sporting events take travelling bags, towels, blankets, toothpaste, shampoos and other goods as souvenirs. In his video message he said that the three players mistakenly took the blankets with them and later returned them to the Asia Games village. Uh, All, All's well that ends well. Hey, I mean,
0: Joel? if only that three of them had been staying in separate rooms, they would have known about it.
1: Yeah, well, lo- what I love, John, is that, uh, hockey's involved in a slow news day in, uh, pakistantoday.com. So, yeah, we'll take it. All publicity good now, publicity, isn't it?
0: While we're there, this is one that slipped underneath our, our radar, right? Really underneath our radar. And we should have been onto this, because, uh, some other dodgy things have been happening at other tournaments involving teams and hotels. Uh, Namisha from Dragfleet, she, she posted, uh, that story about Pakistan, and then, one of one of the uh, people has posted on on that particular feed thing. Uh, Santha Kumar, a grab from well, I'm not sure where the grab is from, but it, it quotes PTI sources. Uh, the Indian Olympic Association had that, been has sorry, they, been,
1: they're, they're delicious with an armbread. Oh,
0: PTI sources, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> the Indian Olympic Association has been accordingly fined uh, 1,454 Dollars and 74 cents Australian by the Commonwealth Games Organising Committee. Uh, following this development, the, IO, the IOA President Narendra Batra has asked the Secretary-General Rajiv Mehta to take this matter up with respective national sporting foundation, foundations in an email communication. Now, among the list of damage inflictors, the basketball team has topped the list and has been levied the most substantial fine for damaging internal doors of the apartment. The other big—this is got—do you,
1: you think that was just them walking into the yeah, top probably. of
0: the doors? Yeah, they hit the, <laughs> the door seal. Uh, the other big fine is on the hockey team for Ooh. tampering with bedside lamps. My goodness! What the hell were they doing with the bedside lamps?
1: But, but, uh, who who knows? Who knows? Oh look,
0: I you know I'm a rock and roll type of guy, yeah. and um you know been experimenting, you've yeah, been experimenting with flying te- 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 television sets. I'm I'm nothing against a bit of fun in a hotel room, but I do want to know what they were doing with bedside lamps. Yeah. Is it some sort of home electric shock therapy they were getting into well, hold what, of an electric lamp on each side of a bloke's head and what, see how long. What's it
1: more ama- amazing with it, John is that we didn't hear about this. This has been suppressed. Suppressed? You, yeah, you you do a search for this and try and find it online. It's not there. Something has happened here. What are we gonna call it? Lampgate. Lampgate. Huh? Oh. Well I wasn't expecting lampgate, I was thinking more of a blanket ban on this sort of thing.
0: That's very good. Thank you. That's very, that's good. I think we need it wait. <laughs> OK, what else have we got going We haven't got much time left because uh, oh, we've we'll to, to for ages.
1: Rattle through it, mate. Quick, we uh, we've done Pakistani blankets. AHL, the Australian Hockey League, is coming up soon. All of the is venues it? have been confirmed for that. The finals will be taking place on the Gold Coast at the Gold Coast Hockey Centre where the Commonwealth Games Hockey took place. There's also another couple of yeah. tournaments that have been arranged to happen up there as part of the deal. Money coming from Tourism and Events Queensland. Secure the deal. They've got Masters and the Trans-Tasman Challenge going on uh, up there.
0: And great to see here in WA we're getting one game. Fantastic. Well, no, two games.
1: We get a women's game and a men's game back-to-back against the NT. But no, but we're not alone with that here in WA. Adelaide have exactly the same situation. They get one game there against the NT. um, Same situation. Fabulous
0: fixturing, but we're going to send the Pro League to Tasmania. Good on you, boys. How do you justify not spending the money here but spending the money there I want to know that
1: but the the money is coming for these events as we've said before from uh, state tourism organisations trying to lure in the numbers now it's not going to be the numbers for AHL they'll be luring in it'll be the numbers for the Masters competitions because people will come in and spend serious money on hotels and uh, entertainment and everything else that goes along with it for the AHL games you're not going to be getting a lot of people travelling interstate to go and see those finals or interstate to go and watch the games. It's going to be home home crowds everywhere you go. Now, maybe Perth, maybe we've had it a bit too good for a bit too long, and uh, there's maybe not so much uh, higher level hockey state level, because we've had the national championships two years running here, um, or international hockey making its way around the country. I know you'd I like know, to see is, it a little bit more rural. A, but this is
0: this is a whole new ball game. Forget about what's happened in the past. Remember, they're changing the landscape. Remember.
1: Well, this is going, this is going to be the interesting thing, isn't it? Because we've heard that there will be some rule modifications. It won't be AHL nines, um, but there's still no document that I can find on exactly what those I modifications think, are. I I'm heard a rumor. Power yeah, it's something to do with the power play, and maybe each team right. gets a power play. Um, and no, the, it's one quarter. Yeah, 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 but they're both. They can, they can choose a a quarter for yeah. for which for which and there's maybe and you get nine, cut, and nine aside, nine or,
0: aside during a power play. Woohoo! Yeah, so
1: we'll wait. We'll
0: that'll be just great for hockey.
1: Well, you know what we'll get, John? Crap. No, just, no it's more celebratory <laughs> moments. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: well, I'm glad you're convinced uh, on that. Uh, moving oh, I want on. I've a
0: birthday every day. Whilst then. we're talking about
1: administration, uh, there's a few people, it seems, have moved on at the FIH. Uh, on the uh, appointments page or the the jobs page of the FIH, there are three uh, roles that are up there at the moment. And I can't find them anywhere, but it's the uh, uh, officials manager and communications manager and I think media manager
0: so that's like officials meaning umpiring managers or yeah, it's right. not so much umpiring though it's the whole officiating thing isn't it you know the technical directors and oh yeah, every, and that, every, yeah
1: every, everything from the top down so that's that's a job um you don't need to be based in Lausanne but the other two are based in Lausanne um I'm trying to find the, the official thing you can go onto the FIH website and look at jobs um it's That's interesting. The only place you
0: can go and find it
1: though, isn't it? Well, yeah. It's it, it's well. It says on on the actual applications you must apply directly through the jobs at F I H uh, email address rather than through any agency. Now, in the In the past, I've seen a lot of it. The, the jobs that have come up have gone through various sporting agencies, and you've actually you you've only been able to find that information by going to those websites, and it hasn't been on the F I H site. Looks as though they're keeping everything internal with this. What? worries me a little bit is that the official's role is uh uh the deadline for that was the 31st of August now I didn't see anything you know you know I look at a lot of social media yeah. it wasn't put anywhere on there that these uh, these positions were were open and we were looking for people how do we communicate that to the hockey world unless you're already on the inside that's the only reason you're going to by chance stumble you know, but you'll be told that otherwise you just by chance you're going to stumble across these roles because you'd be interested in looking at, at, at that page now we've put it out on our social media and I think that's the, probably the first notice that's gone out of the, the position so who knows
0: I'm I'm glad in, in some ways that the FIH has put it up on their website and they've said no external um Agencies involved, because I think sometimes when you hand these things over to, uh, external agencies, you're not necessarily getting the right person for your sport. You're getting a person that's probably qualified to do the job or has the right CV and all that sort of stuff.
1: Well, do you want that though? You know, I, I want, I do want, well, I, I want the got, best hockey people yeah, in, I, in, in, in the roles, but I you can't always got, find that.
0: Yeah. I, but I think that you've got more of a chance. Of picking up someone that you don't end up wanting to really employ by going through an agency than you do by doing it yourself. Yeah. So three roles. I mean, it, was,
1: it was marketing manager, communications
0: well, manager. I'm sure they've got human resources there at the FIH, don't they? They've yeah, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, why don't they do it? Yeah. Well, why but, Why well, does it have are. to be yeah, shifted out? If you If you're employing people to con- to be human resource managers and all the rest of it, then they can do it. That's what their job should be.
1: Oh, you know. This p- the bottom line on this on the marketing manager job though is please no applications through recruitment agencies. How do you think "through" has been spelled?
0: T h r e w.
1: No, <laughs> well, could be quite apt. Uh, no, t h r u. It's very social media.
0: T h r u.
1: T h oh, r u.
0: Okay.
1: That's on the f i h. Marketing manager, job description.
0: English is obviously the second language in the FIH.
1: <laughs> well, no, we, we know we've been told by somebody who's no longer with the organisation that it is the only language of the FIH.
0: Right, moving Artic on,
1: language. John, moving yeah, come on. on come so a little bit of audio coming from Kieran from Enniscorthy Hockey Club in County Wexford in Ireland. They're a club on the way up. Now, he did send us a load of stuff which was pre- previewing the season for, for local radio, but we've just pinched one of the little grabs from there about the impact on local hockey with the success of the Ireland women's side at the um, the World Cup recently. Hit it, John. There would have been huge buzz uh, after the the success of the, the national side and what sort of impact has it had on the club we're talking the world cup there
0: in in London recently um well definitely you could see a huge buzz around the place like everyone even people who weren't into hockey were um everyone was talking about it and so i think definitely the more that people heard about it on the radio and the tv um the like the club has definitely seen um, a big influx of new members people interested in come, coming um, I was here on Wednesday night at the um, junior training and there was so many younger people, like new members after starting and um, so yeah just yeah, it's just been a great buzz I suppose
1: right. so Great to get that from Kieran and uh, if you've got some audio clips out there or some, you, you want to send something in from your club please do you can email it to matt at the reverse stick or john at the reverse stick .net, send that through to us. Um, little appeal gone out this week. Club songs, John. Now, we've got a particularly good club song at our club that we, we sing do. after we win a game and sing, sing on do. the terraces. <laughs> Um, have you got one? Um, it's finals time for a lot of you around the hockey world at the moment, so you can uh, send those in to us if you've got a victory song from over the next couple of weekends and uh, we'll play some of the best ones on the show. StudioHockey.com, another video going out uh, live actually today as we record, but you can catch up with StudioHockey.com, it's a South African special with Tyron Jabu Barnard. Lloyd Norris Jones, uh, Razzie Peters, um, and Austin Smith on there,
0: and the latest F.I.H. inside the D is out to episode that, three.
1: That is indeed as well. Um, do do do. I said about our YouTube account, John. Uh, shin pads. How long do you wear them? Wear after the game? That went out for a bit of uh, bit of feedback. We got back. Now it seems to be if it's finals time. Um, you can wear them as long as you want until you wake up sober. The two or three days later on, yeah. um, but some people two minutes after the game, they're very yeah, yeah. precious about it.
0: Shirt, shin pads, box. That's the order they come off straight after I walk off. Oh, the
1: your shinies day. come off straight away as yeah. well, do they?
0: Shirt, shinies, box.
1: Um, now, of course, oh, one other thing before we move on to something that's happening for us this weekend, uh, check out our Facebook and our Twitter accounts, uh, Matt Swan and Roost. Uh, well, Ruth uh, Drost's uh, sis- uh, sister and sister-in-law um, is not very well. Um, could do with some financial support. Uh, yeah, check out our Facebook page and see if you can uh, help out with uh, Anna Fleur, who's not very well there. Um, that's it for me on my list, John. Uh, now, what have we got coming up this weekend? Well, of course.
0: What have we got? Are you Grand excited? Finals? Uh
1: It's it's the eve. This is the eve of your game.
0: (laughs) Not 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 excited's not the right word, but I'm really looking forward to the opportunity. Let me put it that way.
1: He's he's nervous. He's nervous.
0: No, no, I'm not nervous because it doesn't matter. In the sense that, uh, you know, like, no, I'm not nervous. No. No, I'm I'm not like excited. Oh, I've got this game. Is I'm, this I mean, is this, quite calm? Is
1: though. this a symptom of well, is this is three grand finals in a row? Is yes, that right? Third in the row. So, so you're just trying. a bit cool, a bit calm and collected about it this time. You've you've lost a little, a little bit of the you know oh. the butterflies in the belly, and uh, you're a different kind of campaigner now.
0: Yeah, definitely, because I understand that if you think too much about it, you waste that energy up before you get to the game. You know, how often do you actually think all week about a game of hockey you're going to play that weekend? Not very often, and so when that occasion occurs and you start thinking about it all the time, you use up all this nervous energy and you play the game in your head. And I think very often, the just forget about it.
1: Well, you've had two weeks to think about it. I've only had the one week to think about it because we played. Well, I haven't. Our... I've
0: made, deliberately stayed away from not thinking about it, just doing other, getting off and doing other things and taking my mind completely away from it.
1: That's Season campaigner, that's what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Season campaigner. Looking uh, forward to it. Yeah, well, we had a two 0 win last week to, to get us through to the, the final so we play against the, the side that finished top of the ladder unbeaten. Um, I'm feeling confident though. Feeling confident we've got, a, tell good, you what, I've, we've I've got a good team you, together.
0: What you get yeah, you you guys look good. You're you're an amazing decoy forward. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll take that for the compliment it was oh, designed to I, be. I,
0: I don't know what the magic you you spread over defenders but they all think that you're the bloke that's going to score the goal and they all run around chasing you everywhere and meanwhile (laughs) I don't get a touch (laughs) have a good luck mate all the best
1: and you too mate and hopefully you can stream John's final live and direct and uh, we'll tell you all about it next week
0: you'll be able to do the same with Matt he doesn't know it yet
1: if you're in a final good luck this weekend guys
0: see ya Feel the floor shake when Morrison left?
1: Yeah, I thought it was wind. It wasn't wind, no?
0: No, no. I reckon he did find those food trucks at the Champions Trophy. <coughs>